Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Welcome back. Missed you all. This is episode number three of Love Stranger. My name is Serena and sitting across from me dressed in all green looking like a forest nymph is Sophie. Uh, hello. Hello. Um, so Sophie has a pretty hilarious story apparently. I know very little about it and I'm very excited that I know very little about it. So I'm just going to let Sophie do her thing. Alrighty. So uh, this happened in January 2019 mm-hmm. and I was overseas on a Kentucky trip. So it was a lot of fun. Were you by yourself? I went by myself, but cool. yeah, I was in the group, but didn't know anyone mm-hmm. when I started. So um, we were in Paris right at the end of the trip. It was literally like the last day before we started going home. And I had planned to go to Versailles. Um, I, it was my second time in Paris. So I was really looking forward to exploring outside of the city and... Um, when I had prepared, I had packed all of my stuff that I would need for the day because we were also going to the Moulin Rouge that night. So, um, that night before we were in Paris, um, I started feeling quite sick. Mm -hmm. Um, and I woke up that morning and I was very sick mm-hmm. but I decided to go in because it's like your last day of the trip I decided to go into the city anyway and as soon as I got on the bus I figured that was a very bad plan mm-hmm. um, so pretty much as soon as I got into the city I started making my way home um, I was uh, really queasy and pretty delirious actually okay um, and the first thing I did was go into a pharmacy and because I was in Paris Nobody spoke French. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody spoke English. Sorry. Nobody spoke French in, uh, in France yeah, at know. all. You know. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, um, nobody spoke English like it's their first language. Mm. Um, and I went into this pharmacy and I just broke down and cried. <laughs> From like de- de- delir- de- derision? Delirism. Del- Deliriousness? What's that word? Deliriousness? Is that a word? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of like derision and delirious Delirium. Delirium. Yeah. That's the word I'm thinking yes. of. Was it like delirium or um, was it just like overwhelm, end of the trip? A little bit that? of like all of the above, mm. I think. So I was, um, because I was so sick, I'm the kind of person who like I get really upset and I just cry when mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell people how to think. So you imagine me like trying to tell you that I'm not feeling well and like where it hurts and stuff like that. Mm in another language Mm -hmm. while I'm crying. So (laughs) this poor pharmacy, this is not the stranger, but it was a stranger. This poor pharmacist had no idea what was going on. He was like trying to figure out whether I needed to go to hospital. Mm. Um, 
and eventually he just gave me some um, some painkillers and some like anti medication anyway. anti anti queasy yeah anti some, delirious to, <laughs> medication something to make me feel better <laughs> and I went outside and I found a cab but I'd been warned prior to leaving the bus that you should only pay like X amount for the cab and you should try not to um, like you have to be wary of cabs okay. in Paris and the language barrier is always challenging as mm. well. And as we were driving along, I was like, oh, I recognize this part. I'll just get out and walk from here. Mm. But I was like 20 minutes away from my hotel in a car. <laughs> and that night before I'd also forgotten to charge my phone. So now I'm sick and delirious. Mm -hmm. I'm really dehydrated. Mm -hmm. I'm lost. I'm not even in Paris anymore. I'm in the suburb next to Paris. And uh, I also have 1% battery on my phone. And you know when you're sick, you you don't really think. Mm -hmm. Your brain stops working. So uh, I was like, how am I ever going to do this? I don't know where I am and I don't know how to speak the language. And then I was like, wait, I have... I have Google Maps and then so I was trying to use Google Maps to figure out where I was. Mm -hmm. There was one point where I was so exhausted. I was like, maybe I'll just sit down here (laughs) in the middle of the gutter (laughs) in Paris. Not Paris, but next to Paris. And eventually I found this big shopping mall um, and I was so out of it that I completely missed the concierge desk at the front and I walked right past it and I – I just needed to sit down. So I went into the bathroom and I actually passed out in the bathroom. So I was there for who knows how long. Okay. Um, Had you taken any medication by this point? No. Okay. But you had the medication. I had the medication, but I also didn't have any water and I needed to, like I I said, I wasn't thinking Mm. straight at all. Um, And I, I found another person who, she was just, a young girl, and she was like, oh, you could use Uber. Um, so I got up Uber on my phone, and I'd never used Uber before either. So it's just like this whole story is a recipe for disaster. And um, I was, I went outside past the concierge desk that I hadn't found yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went outside into the plaza outside, and it was freezing cold. It was so, so cold. And as I pressed confirm on the Uber my phone died Mm -hmm. and I was so lost. I just didn't know what to do. So I went back inside and there was a, um, there was a security guard there Mm -hmm. and he very kindly directed me to the concierge desk that was five meters in front of me. (laughs) And I got to the front of the line and this beautiful lady in front of me asked me in French if I could, be helped or what I needed or whatever and I again just burst into tears (laughs) (laughs) and she kind of very kindly pushed me to the side (laughs) so that she could continue serving other people in French and then she came back to me when everyone was gone and she was like what's going on and I said I said do you speak English please (laughs) I was bawling my eyes out Mm -hmm. and she was this is the stranger Mm. she was the loveliest person I've ever met so um her boss just happened to be standing nearby with her family like the owner of the whole mall Mm. and I think they chatted a little bit in French to try and figure out 
what I was doing or why I was upset or whatever. And I managed to tell them that I was sick and that I was lost mm. and that my phone was dead. And I could just remember the the name of the hotel, but I couldn't pronounce it properly. And this lady um, at the concierge desk, she charged my phone for me. She um, looked up on the internet where my hotel was mm-hmm. and then she called a cab for me. She let me sit behind the concierge desk as this like white as a sheet, sick, crying person (laughs) in this beautiful fancy mall that had like – it was like Burberry and Gucci and like all of those Mm. really, really fancy. And she let me sit behind the desk and it turns out through like conversation and stuff that she has a cousin who lives in Brisbane Um, and she spoke like really fluent English and stuff like that. So it was amazing. It was really wonderful. Um, And – she, after like, after we had been sitting for a while and the cab had come, mm. after my phone was not dead anymore, mm-hmm. um, she actually came outside into the freezing cold and waited with me until the cab driver came. And then she like bundled me into the cab and then she stopped the cab driver and basically told him like what was going on and where I needed to go and stuff like that. And um, like bundled me on my way home and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, um, yeah, it was – I don't know what I would have done without her. So that was my stranger. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's so heartwarming. Yeah. So so you're in Paris mm-hmm. and then you meet this goddess of a woman behind a concierge desk. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, you said she was the – one of the loveliest people you you've ever met what what about her um uh, brought up that reaction in you do you feel like it was partially the state that you were in and then someone just met that with kindness or was it like what what about her drew you in like that yeah um yeah so I think that there was a lot to do with the fact that I was in a really vulnerable state um being so delirious and dehydrated and stuff like that that I had blacked out and I don't think I've ever been that sick Mm. in my life um and to have it in another country where you don't speak the language very well and Mm. it was just it was quite traumatic actually Mm. and yeah there's the fact that she like she was still doing her job so she couldn't just like drop everything and but she she was so kind and um, really patient as well. And that was something that was like I've, I just valued so much of the time. Mm. Um, the fact that she waited with me outside, that she told the, the um, cab driver where to go and, and what I needed as well, the, the kindness that she showed by just letting me sit behind the, the concierge <laughs> desk was like, like I can't imagine what the people who were coming in were were seeing when I was bundled up like in a rug basically behind the the desk bawling my eyes out. So, yeah, I think like obviously that place must have some rules about like how you dress and stuff like that Mm. as a work, as an employee. Um, And they still just just made sure that I was okay. It was... (laughs) Do you think if this happened 
in Australia or in an English native speaking country, do you think you would have had such a strong emotional reaction? Like how much of a, of a part do you feel like that played in, in what you were feeling? Um, I don't know. I think that if I was, if it was an English speaking country, it would have been a lot easier. Mm. I think I may, I think I would still have been moved because I think that's the kind of person I am as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely had a part of it. Yeah. Um, cause also like leading up to that trip and for a long time I've been working to learn French. Um, so I had quite a few phrases under my belt and mm. I could not remember any of them. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if it would have made a big difference to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Um da, 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 part 2 of the interview. Uh how do you feel that that interaction has changed you in some way or changed your worldview or like pre-interaction Sophie and post-interaction Sophie how uh, what are the differences there um have there been other times in your life when people have uh shown you immense amounts of kindness when you're in a really vulnerable position um how has this one specifically changed you in some way Mm. um yeah yeah uh there was such a there was such an important moment of just, I think, realising that you can be so kind to people and not just, like, I was so worried that she would just send me away and mm. I would have to fend for myself or something like that. Um, and she was so, she was so, like, loving towards me. And I think that's something that I really, I don't know if, that particular scenario has made me realise it more or or less or I feel like I already kind of knew it. Mm. But just to love people and to to care about them and to show kindness and it just makes such a big difference. Like I have never been – I think there's very few moments where I've been so grateful to somebody for just caring about me and loving me and making me feel like I was safe Mm. and – um, important as well and she didn't mean to do all of that she was just making sure that I wasn't gonna like vomit in the on the floor <laughs> or anything like that um sorry it's so crass <laughs> she was she was probably just like how do I get this person out of my lobby but but she was still just like such a pure soul. Do you genuinely think she was thinking that? I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Like if that was the was... impact that it had on you, I can hardly imagine that her first thought is, oh my God, please don't vomit on my foyer <laughs> floor. I mean, like, I'm was, sure that would be a concern. I was a bit but... green. I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it crossed her mind at some point. <laughs> um, no, I, I do jest. The, yeah, I think that just loving people is such an important and caring for them and, and just it's so much easier to be kind to people than to be nasty. Mm. Um, there's so much more impact when you're kind to people mm. and we're seeing that, I think, if you look in the right places, we're seeing that more and more. Mm. Um, and I think right now particularly we just have to care about people and be kind and love each other. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, 
I would love to know what happened when you got back to the hotel. Like, did you have any weird, funny conversations, half in English, half in French, with your cab driver? Like, <laughs> how did that go? What was post post this interaction? What did that so look like? After I was bundled into the cab, I pretty much didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I had like whatever cash was in my hand, and he was like, "Oh, it's this much." And he obviously did not speak. He spoke way less English than most people that I'd met Mm. Um, and he was like oh this many euros and I just gave him like whatever cash I had in my hand (laughs) he was like oh milsy milsy milky and I was like oh okay (laughs) just keep the change I just go inside (laughs) and then I like managed to crawl up into my bed pretty much and I passed out for the rest of the afternoon Mm. it took me about four hours to get home from when I got on the bus uh when I got off the bus in Paris to when I actually got back into my hotel. Mm. Um, in retrospect, it would have been so much easier if I just tra- trusted that first cab mm-hmm. driver, but then we wouldn't have this story. Yeah, there we go. So um, crawled back into my bed. I was asleep for like four hours trying to trying to feel better. Mm. Um, and then I managed to get up 15 minutes before I was supposed to be on the bus to leave for the Moulin Rouge. And I managed to get to the Moulin Rouge, which was something that I had really wanted to do and you you got there and I you saw there. it and you were fine yeah oh yeah, yeah I mean I wasn't fine I was still I didn't eat for two days after that um because I was I was still so sick mm. so pretty much didn't eat all of that day didn't eat the next day barely mm. ate anything on the third day mm. I uh, after the Moulin Rouge we went back to our hotel and packed and the next morning at 7 a.m we were on the bus back to England so we we took the bus back to England it took eight hours I got off the bus, said goodbye to everyone. This is like 6 p.m. maybe. Mm. Um, onto a train to the airport. Mm-hmm. Sat around at the airport for like an hour maybe. Um, still sick? Still sick, okay. yeah. Um, then got on a plane. And I remember – I was really lucky actually. I was on a window seat and there was a seat in between me and the man on the aisle mm-hmm. and it was open. And I said, do you mind if I just curl up here? Because that is I the best, So right? terrible. And he was like, yeah, go for it. And then I was asleep before we'd even taxied out of the the um, terminal gate. Gate? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we hadn't even taken it off and I was asleep and I slept for seven hours on that wow. plane because I really needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to Hong Kong and I was so terrified that they weren't going to let me through because I was sick. Mm. Um, and I made it home. Yeah. yeah. I made it home safe. Cool. Yeah. All right. So you were still sick and delirious, question mark. Yeah. Uh, when you were watching Moulin Rouge, yeah. were you like seeing other actors on the stage? Did, did you, Was your experience of the Moulin Rouge like a totally different story to the person next to you? I don't know. I, I, I refused to have any alcohol and I didn't actually eat a lot of the meal, which I was really disappointed in. So mm. one day I will go back and I will watch the Moulin Rouge again yep. when I'm not sick or delirious. Yes. And we'll it, find out if it was a, a completely different musical that you watched. It could be. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, How long were you in England for? Just out of curiosity. Um, I went – so my Kentucky trip was like 16 days. Mm. I went to 10 different countries and before – Whoa. Yeah, it was busy. It was really busy. Did you have enough time to take everything in? No. Wow. No. I think Kentucky's are really good if you want like a taste tester. Mm. But if you want to actually immerse yourself in the culture, 
spend some time there, see everything. Mm. It's not different ways of traveling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there are there are different. Sorry, this is a Kentucky ad now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's not sponsored. No, it's good. <laughs> this is not a sponsored podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry to answer your question. I was in. England for three days before we actually started the trip. So I had three days by myself in England where I wasn't on a Kentucky tour. Mm. And that was really interesting mm. as well. Um, and then 10 days on the Kentucky, 16 days on the Kentucky. And then kind of one and a half days traveling home. Cool. I'm going to take a stab at the dark question that I didn't prepare you for. Okay. Traveling, you meet all sorts of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, were there any other instances, any like other people in your um, Kentucky group or any other instances where you were just walking down the street and then you saw some weird thing happening on the other side of the road or whatever? What are some just weird things, if you can think of, of any, um, that happened on that trip? I don't know if I can think of anything like super random like that, but okay. my bus driver did a shoey. A what? A shoey. Like, have you... Okay, so it's basically like when you pour your drink into a shoe and then drink it. It's very, it's quite broken. <laughs> yeah. I yep. thought it was like something related to a Yui. No. While he was driving? No. Oh. No, no. Okay. No, not at all. No, it was like we were in Prague and it was like the first time that we'd actually got to chill out and have a good good time. Yeah. And um, I mean like there were other times, but this was like a really big one. We mm. went to this um really cool bar called the golden tree golden tree the golden tree in prague maybe i don't know it was good um and it had like all these different like rooms and tunnels it was like you were underneath a tree and there was like roots and stuff that's cool you would really love it mm. um it was super cool and um yeah they they cuz the trip was like 80% um australians and then maybe like two Americans and a mm. Canadian and some people from New Zealand and that was that was our trip. So, mm. yeah. Um, and they convinced Will to do a shoey and he's he's from Scotland, so it's really funny. <laughs> so what kind of shoe was it? I don't know. I'm thinking – It was a of, nice shoe. It was a really like one of his nice – I'm trying to think in like what scenario would I be comfortable or would anyone be comfortable – committing a crime like that i don't know like if you have a runner wouldn't the liquid just like seep out the sides but if you have a nice shoe you ruin the nice shoe and if you have like i don't know i feel like old you know like old converse shoes and people get really attached to their old converse even then it's like well then you would ruin a pair of really sentimental shoes you know like it was a nice shoe it was a nice shoe it was like a nice um like business shoe but like pointed toe guy's business shoe and he put a bunch of alcohol in it and drank it i think it was beer oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah yeah i would not recommend doing it okay um for everyone listening at home <laughs> you shouldn't don't try it uh cool. cool um so the final little part is if you were to see this woman again mm. um not chewy person i mean if you if you want to say something to Will, I think you said his name yeah. was the jury person. Cool, we can do that. He wasn't a stranger, though. Oh, okay. Well, we knew yeah. each other right. very well. Oh, okay. Quite well. Okay, well then, if you if you were to see uh, this woman again from yeah. the mall who showed you this immense act of kindness, what would you say to her, assuming there's no language barriers? Um, yeah. Yeah, and how do you think that interaction would play out? 
Yeah. Well, um, I'll actually say at the at the start of this that uh, I did send an email to them all. Um, yeah, I never got a response, but I basically said, I just wanted to let you know that the woman on the concierge, I think her name was Jamila maybe or something like that. Mm. Um, Jamila maybe, I don't know. Um, anyway, I said this woman showed me the most um, incredible act of kindness and that uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for the kindness that you did show. Mm. Um, I think if I, if I met her again um, – I think I'd probably just say the same thing. I'd mm. just say thank you so much. Like you don't know what it meant and you were probably just doing your job and and being a nice person. And she like she might just be that kind of person mm. all the time, mm. which would be a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, just to say like you never really know who, what impact you're going to make on other people and, mm. and thank you so much for your kindness and your love. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you think if you went back to Paris, you would seek her out? I don't know. I think that sometimes things are are best left like closed. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I would. I am planning on on going back. Cool. Soon um, to live there for a little bit, just a little bit mm. after I finish uni. Mm. Um, it would be very cool. It's probably a pipe dream at the moment. Party holds the key to your heart. I hope you sing it, uh, some Anastasia when you're. When I will you're over definitely, there. Yes. absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Yeah, if by some random chance she does hear this, um, yeah, then thank you very much. And yeah, I just I'm, I hope that your life is a wonderful thing. Well, that's the story. That's the thing. Um, so, uh, just to, just to tail end this, this is not a Kentucky sponsored ad. No. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, my name is Serena and this is Sophie, uh, and we will sit, well, we won't see you next time, uh, but you will hear me next time. Hurrah. Beautiful. Bye. <laughs>